0: please be advised that Six Degrees of
1: Reality TV contains explicit language. Hi and welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV, the podcast where two MFAs try to figure out what the hell is happening
2: on our screen. My name is Amy and I hold an MFA in Creative Nonfiction. And my name is Leslie, and I hold an MFA in Creative Writing Fiction. And together, we are trying to uncover what it means to fall in love on reality TV.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy, and I'm your co-host.
2: And I'm Leslie. Hey, Amy. Hi,
1: Leslie. So I want to talk
2: about, I saw that you've been watching you. Yes.
0: What are oh your my thoughts? God.
2: So I binged the whole thing. I finished it. I'm up to date. <laughs> I, you know, Penn Badgley because I remember him from Gossip Girl because, like, um, you know, never watched old, it. Old enough, you know, I was like at that age group where it was like cool. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I never found the attraction, but him being an obsessive serial killer really turned me on. Well, so I have issues. <laughs> it's like I. You know, I appreciate obviously
1: as a writer, as do you, I'm sure, all the English literature stuff.
2: Yes. Such a weird like library stuff and books. And I'm like, people read in this universe.
1: Yes. I really appreciated all of that. However, I feel like season one was the best. As always. I mean,
2: it was good, but I really liked the two and three. Like the third one really did you like love? You loved
1: love, didn't you?
2: I love to hate her. <laughs> it's like me being like, oh, you don't know crazy. I'll show you crazy. And then it's like, whoa.
1: Did you ever see the clip from, and I, I don't watch this show. I only saw the clip where hmm. some guy is trying to explain to Laura Ingram that it was whatever she was talking about was a, a plot point on the show you. Oh. And he's going, oh, that's from you. And she's like. I didn't talk about that, and he's like, "No, it's it's on you." Yeah, and she just doesn't get it. And the entire time, she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> it's so
2: bad. That actually happened uh, on Bitch Sesh, like Dan. <laughs> oh my god! So Casey Wilson was talking about being on the Drew Barrymore show, and she's telling Danielle like, "Oh my god!" And then we are both like obsessed with you, and she said something like, "Drew loves." you and danielle schneider started crying like oh my god you barrymore knows me and she was like no 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 the tv show you so then there's this whole thing where danielle is just crying because she felt stupid that you barely will even know that she exists well so
1: th- it- this guy is literally going the television show you and because she has a show she still thinks he's talking about her that's it crazy. is bonkers, and I have to put it on somewhere on Instagram so people can see it because it's <laughs> bonkers. I love it so much. All right, so we have speaking of uh, serial killers, we're going to start with Lindsay and Mark today, but let me just set up the entire <laughs> episode. So we're watching Married at First Sight season 14, episode 15 Past Lives Open Minds. These titles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We do want to tell everybody up front, um, next week, Leslie and I are both gonna be out of town. Yeah. I think we have a plan made, but just yeah. in case, like there's something wonky, just know that we will get you an episode before the next one comes out.
2: <laughs> yes, we we promise. It's just I am, you know, I'm always a godmother, never a god. Mm. And so I have to fly down mm. the floor and christen and my godson. So I'll be.
1: <laughs> That happened in my family. I was one of the only people with all my sacraments. Don't
2: ask how that happened. So I was like, everybody's godmother. Like 25 godchildren. Well, this church is not, I don't think it's like Roman Catholic. So mm. it's like a little loosey-goosey because for my other goddaughter, I had to do like this whole thing, yes. like course and stuff. Yep. But for this one, it's a little more, it's Florida. It's a little more yes. loosey-goosey. They don't give
1: a shit. Although they do care a lot about religion in Florida.
2: And- apparently mickey mouse is like teaching us to be gay or something which i love yes
1: yes me too me so too. i'm gonna
2: go down to disney and like worship mickey mouse mm-hmm. and all his mm-hmm. gayness because mm-hmm. i love that
1: fly your freak flag mickey whatever you yes, got going mickey. on we don't care we don't judge
2: we don't judge so
1: pastor cal tells us with only two weeks left until decision day our husband and wives will get a glimpse into one another's past as they tried to build an even stronger bond i i'm just i'm done at this point i need decision day to be here
2: it's just like eating an alphabet soup and you're just like tumbling words into your mouth just letters (laughs) just what is happening
1: um, just so you guys know, next week is they, they regroup with their friends and family and then decision day. Right. So I think we're two yeah. day two weeks out from it, hopefully. And then do we get a break before the next season? Do we get some breathing room? Some, I don't know. For- I haven't
2: seen any ads about anything new. So hopefully be- we get like a few weeks off. I think it's San Diego, right? Oh, I love San Diego. I love
1: San Diego so much.
2: I live there. That's the the first time I saw
1: the Pacific Ocean was in San Diego. So it has a special meaning to me.
2: It's like the weather is perfect. Perfect. I don't like hot, hot. I don't like cold, Mm -hmm. cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, The beach is nice. I'm scared of water, but Mm -hmm. I appreciate it from afar.
1: I understand. I understand. All right. So we're going to start with Lindsay and Mark. We start with what I'm calling, I, I really struggled with what to call when they film themselves and they're doing it like kind of quietly because the other person's around somewhere. It's like their little self cam confessional. I'm going to call it whisper cam because they have to whisper when they're doing it. (laughs) So we start with the whisper cam from Lindsay with real, real pronounced eyelashes. I don't know what's going on there. (laughs) She tells us Mark has spent the, Mark has spent the majority of our time together saying I'm too much, too loving, too caring, too giving, too energetic. That is not what he said. No. No. She said, I spent all night listening to this. Now we have prison cam, which we know is when we get footage of their apartment.
2: Yeah. And
1: prison cam shows Mark explaining to her that she is too much in that he doesn't like her pinching him, licking his ears, biting him. She is too hyper. I didn't hear anywhere. You're too loving, too giving, yeah beautiful too special did not hear that (laughs) I heard like stop acting like a fucking maniac
2: yeah okay
1: he's not a touchy touchy person and she's always grabbing at him it just sounds like she's super annoying Mm -hmm. so she's like back to the whisper cam she's like well he needs to find a lesser woman because I'm not diminishing myself for anyone is she is she some kind of trashy version of darcy silva or does she just follow darcy silva on instagram do you think
2: i think that she's just a follower she okay. studies the school of darcy silva love you know where she needs all these affirmations and mm-hmm. all these fucking quotes but doesn't put any of them into play because she's like
1: i'm in my power you know one of those people
2: yeah, yeah. she doesn't actually apply any of that stuff no
1: mm Mm Because she didn't
2: see what's wrong with her behavior. She just sees what's wrong with everyone else's.
1: Exactly. Dr. Pepper's visiting the couples when she gets to the shark's house. (laughs) Things are grim. Things are real grim. Mark says, we have some good times, but then some very frustrating conversations. And it's hard to be affectionate after a draining argument. Like in Vermont, when I called her hyper, it triggered her. And he's like, there are so many words that trigger her. I can't keep them all straight. Now, Dr. Pepper says, well, hyper is not a nice word. Leslie, do you agree with this? Like, would you be super
2: offended if you were dating someone and they called you hyper? No, because I probably am, probably in the middle of a manic episode.
1: <laughs> I will tell you what is going on here. Um, if someone, I have a similar reaction when someone calls me loud, because I do okay. tend to be loud. Okay. <laughs> because it pushes a button in me from my childhood from when my mother used to tell me all the time you're too loud you're too loud yeah. so Lindsay is clearly having like a reflex to Bo is probably telling her she was too hyper her entire yeah life. she
2: was probably um the kind of kid that was always like grabbing and wanting attention <laughs> and so they were like calm down you're too hyper because that's yep. usually what you tell kids like yeah. you're too hyper calm down yeah
1: So the producers are trolling Mark a little bit, showing that, like, he doesn't say a firm stop. He kind of just plays along. But again, it looks like he's just uncomfortable. Yeah,
2: he's uncomfortable.
1: Lindsay also says Mark is constantly on his phone, and that would drive me crazy. Mm. That would drive me nuts. Thank God, like, Timmy is just not into social media. He's not on anything. He will scroll through Facebook or through uh, YouTube constantly looking at videos of people building cars.
2: <laughs> but that's about it I remember dating someone who would always be on their phone just constantly like on Twitter and on mm-hmm. all the other stuff and like taking notes or taking calls and it's like okay you're always on your phone when you're with me so the few times that I that we're not together and I do text you, you're ignoring me because and you I don't know answer. You absolutely have your phone on your fucking hand.
1: That's like when I call my kids and they don't answer. I'm like, guys, I know you have your phone. You have your phone. Yes. Yeah. So basically, this whole thing ends with Pepper telling Mark he needs to pay more attention to Lindsay. And she tells Lindsay, like, you need to back off a little bit. And Lindsay's like, no, I want someone I could have fun with. Then Mark says this really touching thing where he's like, you need to slow your roll. He's like, I know how to love someone. I know how to give you what you need. You need to let me get there and stop forcing
2: me. And I was like. That was so profound. And the way he said it and he looked at her, it was like, no bullshit. Like, listen to me. Agree. Agree.
1: So later we see Lindsay and Mark taking his cat JC to the vet. This was really sad. That was heartbreaking. JC is 14 and has a bunch of sores on him. And Mark tells the camera that he has to put JC down. Then we see that he got JC in 2007. Do you think JC stands for Jesus Christ? Please tell me you don't think that. No, maybe
2: JC from like sync or something.
1: (laughs) He's been with, JC has been with Mark through most of his life. Mark is devastated. He's crying. He's saying in the confessional that he's glad that Lindsay is here because it will strengthen their bond because when a couple loses a pet it's meaningful and I would like to enter into the onto the record exhibit a of when this does not happen mashed potato Brett and Ryan or I'm sorry Brett and mashed potato Ryan when her dog died and Ryan could give a fuck R.I.P. Baxter remember that They went, like, took her to the movies during COVID when Baxter died and then, like, basically left her alone. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And everybody else was sending her, like, flowers and champagne. And he was like, whatever. I'm on a dating out. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay and Mark. Okay. So later, and and all I kept thinking, Leslie, when this happened is this is going to be another, like, Mark's life is crashing down around him. Now his cat died, right? Like, it's going to be.
2: Yeah, it's A all about life. her trying to like put his life together and he doesn't appreciate her.
1: Yep. So Lindsay and Mark, <laughs> I just have, they go to the woods. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, what were they doing? Well, I think Lindsay and I think Noi, their parents don't live there anymore. Like they didn't mm-hmm. grow up there. So they have okay. to do some kind of like, I used to like to go to the woods. So I'm going to just take you to the woods. Either yeah. that or Bo Bridges is like, do not film us anymore. We're done. Probably. Yeah. So she takes him on a nature walk and Mark is all of us in this moment. Cause he's like, I'm not going through this high grass. I don't want to go through these weeds. Where are the fucking
2: benches? I just want to sit down. <laughs> I would end up getting stung by everything <laughs> I know. in there. I know.
1: Lindsay tells the story about how her parents, um, the mother was a stay-at-home mom, even though she was kind of resentful for it, like wasn't built for it in Lindsay's words. The dad was a truck driver, so, like, he was not around a lot. So she said that her home just was not full of love, and she used to run away a lot. Hmm. And she also says she doesn't, like, we knew all of this about Lindsay, right? Anybody knows this about Lindsay. I mean, she
2: spat it out during, like, their wedding.
1: Right, right, right. And she feels like she doesn't belong. And then she reads her letter to her younger self and immediately takes a dig at Mark in the letter, which is an impressive move. Um, She's like, dear, dear little Lindsay, like, I love you, but people will come along and tell you you're too much, too loving, too caring. I'm like, no, no, we don't use our letters to our younger selves as weapons. (laughs) Stop it. So later in the episode, Mark takes Lindsay back to his childhood home. And don't forget that his dad just died pretty recently, like two years ago, it seems like. Mm -hmm. So he said it's been two years since he's been there. He gets very emotional. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, but when he's talking about what would go on, like he was saying that his dad liked to sit on the porch and watch the cars go by and everything. So people watch. yeah, Yeah. Sounds like dad was just like a people watcher. And mom would be in the window bitching at him. I was like, that's Lindsay. Yes, yes. She would be in the window saying, "Like nobody wants to talk to you. What are you doing? Stop waving at the neighbors." That would be. I was like, my mind was blown here because I'm like, dude, you're describing your future. So then, to a T. If you know, let me ask you if you noticed this though. I was watching Lindsay's body language when Mark was telling this story. Okay, she was not paying attention to what he was saying.
2: She, oh, no, no. She, she was out just of it.
1: watching him to wait for him to get emotional. And then the minute, like, you know, it was her time to say something. What did she say? She said, um, I know there's a lot of love and good memories in this house, but there's a lot of sadness and a lot of pain. She, this is her role. Like she wants to be the fixer. She yeah. needs to be the save savior. Yeah. And she... Literally puts him in that position where she can swoop in and save him.
2: It's annoying. And, and then she wants him to cry. Haven't you noticed she takes joy in that? Yes. Like later on with yes. the pet thing. Oh, God, it was yes. horrible.
1: Yep. So then Mark tells Lindsay he wants to move back into his childhood house. Now, I will say I went through a brief period of insanity where I wanted to buy my childhood home back. I think it's like something really weird when you lose your childhood home that you almost want to reclaim it in some weird way. So I did go through this weird period. I very quickly got over it, but Lindsay's like, no, we're not buying childhood home. It's not happening. Okay. So then we're on to Jasmine and Michael. That's all for Mark and Lindsay. Uh, Poor JC, RIP. Um, Lindsay is a savior, has a savior complex and she's too loving and too gearing and too giving
2: did you notice that moment, though, when she was, like, self-recording and they're, like, hugging the cat to say goodbye and she's, like, smirking at the camera? What the fuck
1: was that? I know. It's so weird. And then he's trying to talk about the pain that he's feeling and she keeps going over to him and, like, moving the cat around and restructuring the cat. And it's so weird. She just cannot and let it cat be about is him.
2: dying. Just let the cat be. Let right. the poor cat, like, be with his owner and just you know, feel safe in this horrible time. Because I read so many articles where they say that when your pet is being put down, like, they look for their owners. And so, like, don't leave them alone to, like, be with them. And, like, let Mark just kind of be in his feelings here. Yeah, just leave leave him him alone. You don't have to make this about you. She makes everything about her. Everything is about her. Look at me. I'm being so compassionate. His cat is dying and I'm smirking here. Yeah, it drives me crazy. It was awful. Okay, Jasmina and Michael. So hopefully you guys didn't hear Joey's freak out. I don't know what's going oh, on out there. Joey. But he, was, he was freaking out. Are um, you being robbed? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he gets like that, like if a pigeon is like by mm-hmm. the window cooing mm-hmm. or if someone's in the hallway. He's like an old man, like get off my lawn kind of okay. thing. Okay,
1: I-, I appreciate Joey's energy.
2: I've told them, you know, We don't own this building, so people have a right to exist outside Mm -hmm. of these doors. But Mm -hmm. he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. So Jasmine and Michael, they're driving back. And Jasmine asked Michael about his experience with the medium because that was a big, heavy topic of last week. And who did he expect would contact him from the beyond? And he tells her he was expecting his mother or grandmother because, you know, he had a really close relationship with them. But he wasn't expecting a message would come from his brother. And Jasmina brings up that the media mentioned two other people. And I don't think they showed that clip last Mm -mm. week, but then we see it now. And it's like, or maybe we did it and I spaced out because that episode was so fun. That was such a fun episode. You know, I probably (laughs) spaced out. But the two people were friends of his brother. So they picked him up from work and the driver had some sort of road rage or there was some kind of conflict on the road. And then another car drove past them and shot through the passenger side. And that's what killed um, his brother, essentially. So there was a driver and a passenger in the back and Michael's brother in the front Mm -hmm. seat. So that was what they were referring to. So, Jasmina tells producers that she noticed a change in Mike and that he's become more open and vulnerable with her and she likes that he's able to trust her. For Jasmina, the big scary thing the medium said was predicting she'd have twins in a year (laughs) and a half. And we all know it's not going to be fathered by Michael. No, not at all. So, Michael says that the one thing he has been he wasn't buying I guess he wasn't believing from the media and Jasmina says that means we have a slip up yeah I'm like yeah you didn't have a slip up because you're not fucking so you have to bang first to have a slip up yeah you gotta bang first so this is the week where they go back to their childhood homes and are tasked with writing a letter to their younger selves giving them advice I guess or warning them I don't know what the point of this exercise is, so they need filler episodes. So these are mm-hmm. the tasks to give them. Mm-hmm. So the first couples to do so are Jasmina and Michael, and they're outside Jasmina's childhood home. It's a cute little house, and she explains that they ended up moving out after her parents split because her mom didn't want to continue living in a house that they shared, which mm-hmm. you know I makes that. sense. So she's mentioned something about a green bathtub and then we get a picture and her dad's face is blurred, but he's like washing her hair. So apparently all of her sisters have this image of the dad washing their hair or something. Mm -hmm. So that's like one thought, happy thought she has. And she says that she thinks sharing these things with Michael is a good thing. So now he gets to know all of her, the good, the bad and the ugly. And they drive past her school. And she points to the playground and apparently everything still looks the same, which is weird because for my old school, because I'm like within walking distance of like my elementary school, Mm -hmm. when I pass by it, it is different because they have updated it since because it's been so many years, Mm -hmm. but I still get that feeling of like, going through the front doors because if you went through the front doors that usually meant it was report card day or you were in trouble Oh,
1: okay yeah yeah so
2: when i passed right by the front door like i always get like a little anxious yes still to this day it's so weird um, and i was never in trouble and as a kid
1: my kids went to my elementary school
2: and that was, weird. Weird. that was real oh weird oh my god did you do like anything like special in your school where you have like a little picture of you a little trophy or something because in my junior high school there were pictures of me from the chorus and the trophies we won mm-hmm. so. yeah
1: I have a picture of me this is real random square dancing with the principal <laughs> wow red flag <laughs> perhaps he was grooming me Perhaps it was just my kindergarten graduation. No one knows for sure. No one knows.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Jasmina had a great teacher, Miss Pataski. Love this part. Yeah, who showed her love that she was missing at home. So Michael, of course, gets it wrong. It's like Pataski. No, Pataski. So he asked her, hadn't met her. If he hadn't met that, if she hadn't met that teacher, would she have been a teacher Mm -hmm. this day and just, you know, reflects on it. She's like, probably not. So she really was influential in her life. I loved that part so much. Like
1: as a teacher, yes, but also you're in the writing community. Mm -hmm. I mean, meet any writer and ask them why they're a writer. And they'll say, because a teacher told them they could do it. Do you know what I mean? It's just when you're in the arts, a lot of times there is a teacher who has encouraged that path. So it's really- I love it. And it's, it. And it's it.
2: funny because it's like she almost hadn't put that together until that moment. So She took I know. a pause and then she was like, I guess not. So it's amazing. So good teachers are out there and they yep. do influence Look. you so much because I remember all of my English teachers and all the teachers that encouraged my writing yep. and who told me that I was a good writer. I remember yep. all those teachers. So let's fucking pay them more people. Yes, please. They actually do. Like my, I have friends who are school teachers now and they're still buying supplies because they don't have the funding for it. Like, come on, at least give them the funding they need for Mm -hmm. the students to Mm -hmm. learn. Mm -hmm. Okay, enough about that.
1: (laughs) No, I'm in full agreement.
2: Yeah. So Michael wants to know all her childhood traumas so they can compare battle scars and know each other better, essentially. He'll um, win that one. He'll win that he'll one. Win, <laughs> hands down. So Jasmina has to do all that awkward ass thing where they read the letter of the childhood self. And this always makes me cringe because it's like usually too personal and awkward to do on camera or it's kind of like the person doesn't take it too seriously and it's kind of like vague or like mm-hmm. self-promoting or whatever. So from the letter we learn that her biological mom left her, as we knew, like early on in the season, as did her dad, she got bullied and immediately breaks into tears when reading that letter. And it was a really sad letter. But again, she credits her teacher for being there for her. And she's a teacher because she wants kids to have a safe space, guide them like she was guided. And I was like, oh, this is so sweet. They do hug, which is nice. Yeah. And Michael gets tearful, and Michael tells producers he's glad Jasmina is opening up because he's getting to know her better, blah, 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 same shit. Can we be done with these two? We know they're not <laughs> going to make it. <laughs> um, Full disclosure, when both of them were reading their letters, I was
1: sobbing. <laughs> really? Yes. I think there's something, when you have children... You just appreciate like teachers so much more. Mm. I can't explain it. Like you're like, just give them all the money. Yeah. When you see a teacher take care of or care for your child, it is just so moving and so amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I just, and then with Michael, anything he says, I just cry because I feel like he is the MVP of this entire series. He's the one who is made the most growth and is working the hardest. Do you agree with that?
2: He is working like he's really putting in the yes. work like of, out of anyone he's really trying and she's just not that into him. She's not into him, she's not into him. anyway. <laughs> so then Michael takes Jasmina to the last place he lived with his mother and he hadn't been there since his mother died of breast cancer which was about 10 years ago and Michael has a good reaction to it so I was you know I thought mm-hmm. that he'd be more like tearful or anything but he said that he was reflecting on the happy memories and it was just pure joy and heartbreaking because you can see the pain like when they show the pictures of him with his mom and yeah. she, he was so like full of life and smiles and now you see him he's always kind of like serious and a little like introverted he's like seasoned and yeah yeah so it really broke my heart to see those pictures that he was so happy and now he's like mm-hmm. so sad and then he takes her to his childhood park and it's a pretty big park. There's like a little football, a uh, little baseball field, like a gold diamond thing. Um, and he says that his brother would wake him up early and make him like jog with him or work out. And he was like really angry about it at first, but now he's grateful for it because it yeah. kind of got him in that habit and look at him. He's like a personal trainer and he works out. So it gave him that discipline. So he likes, you know, he credits his brother for that. And then he reads his letter to his younger, to younger Mike. And he starts it up by saying life isn't always going to be full of fun and laughter, but you'll be okay. And I was like, Oh no,
1: I'm serious. I was sobbing. It was ridiculous.
2: And then he goes the advice that he offers his younger self is not to be afraid of letting his emotions out and that he doesn't have to go through any of this alone. I Mm. was like, Oh my Mm. heart. And he says, showing his feelings does not make him weak people. Remember this. Yep. You're not weak. You're strong because it's harder to show people how you truly feel than to avoid it. Don't, it's like poison, you know? Like, yep. you gotta let it out. Yep. And he talks about, like, you can't go through this alone. And he, I don't know. And it was, he said something about showing your feeling does not make you weak and there's beauty and resilience. And
0: I was like, yes. Oh, Reach.
2: Yes. Yeah, he,
1: he has come so far. I mean, he just works so hard on himself. And you could tell he's completely out of his comfort zone. Yeah, but he just keeps pushing like the fact that she is we spoiler alert, we mm-hmm. hear she's saying no on decision day.
0: Yeah,
1: I want to punch her in the face, her beautiful, <laughs> perfectly sculpted face. I just want punch her. <laughs>
2: So then he also says, like, let people in. And then he tells him to hold his mom a little tighter. I can't can't even. Appreciate her a little more. And Mm -hmm. he ends it by saying he'll be okay and that he will thrive. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. Jesus Christ. And then Jasmina says the growth between when they met and now is beautiful. And Michael agrees because he was like super closed off in Puerto Rico. And we all know Mm -hmm. that thing <laughs> and i was like yeah but to be fair you had just met like you're not just yeah, gonna like right. trauma bomb her and be like hey right. my life sucks how about you you know to me
1: this is the most attractive thing about him is just mm-hmm. how he has lived so much life and is so resilient like to me that's super attractive yeah i don't know and what then,
2: her issue is she doesn't like her. i wonder
1: if it's the beard
2: Someone pointed that out in one of the math groups. Like maybe if he shaved his face, and I'm like, no, she just doesn't no, like him. No, okay. Mm-hmm. It's just something about he's fun zoned, and once you're there, it's hard mm-hmm. to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, Michael does say he still has stuff to work through before decision day because obviously mm-hmm. they're like on different pages. So back at the apartment, this is later on in the episode. Dr. Pepper pays them a visit. Jasmina is setting a bouquet of flowers, and Dr. Pepper compliments the flowers. And Jasmina says she got them for Mike because Mike says men don't get flowers. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Pepper reveals that she gets flowers for her husband. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay. We learned
1: a lot about Dr. Pepper and her husband. <laughs>
2: Listen, I was like, what is going on with Pepper? you? <laughs> Saucy Minks. So she's oh got God. a lot going on. Yeah so jasmina is happy that they hadn't had arguments in weeks and so dr pepper asks, what was the turning point point?" and jasmina says for her it was when they did the exercise from dr viviana and then we got the um the flashback of them with the blindfolds and talking remember she's holding on to it so mm-hmm. she's not fully trusting it or protecting her lashes i can't tell it's a girl thing the blindfold trauma bombs i remember yeah <laughs> Um, and they've been able to talk things out. And Dr. Pepper points out that Jasmina seems softer, more open, and emotional, which I agree that she doesn't mm-hmm. seem as harsh as I before. Agree. Yeah. She always had like a stink face and she mm-hmm. was just like not having it. So she has let her guard down. And I think that in my assessment is that Jasmina has decided this is going to, this isn't going to work. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to look bad on TV. So I'll go through the motions and try not to come off too much as a bitch. Here's what Michael needs to do.
1: He needs to take her out. He needs to get a couple glasses of wine in her. Not too much. You don't want her drunk. Just enough that, you know, she's kind of feeling a little Mm loosey-goosey. He needs to take her dancing. Get real close to her. And then say to her on the dance floor, can I kiss you? Mm Because always ask for consent. Yeah. And if she says yes, lay one on her and see where it goes from there. That's the plan. That's what he needs to do.
2: Yeah. Michael. (laughs) (laughs) So she said that once he got more vulnerable um, and softened, so she softened. So when Dr. Pepper asks, what's the one thing they have to unlearn? Mike says that in the past, he wouldn't let people in and we know and let his feelings known. And we know that. And he said it was not. He didn't do it because he didn't want to burden people, but he needs to let his partner know so that they can communicate and grow together. And I was like, yeah, that's how it should be. And Jasmina has pretty much the same answer. And she was raised to be self reliant because if a man leaves, who's going to be doing this or that. So it's up to you. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. why she's kind of guarded and like, no, I have to solve things for myself, which Mm -hmm. my mom taught me that too. She was like, you got to do all these things. Don't expect a man. Like if you are renting an apartment, make sure, you know, even if you live with someone that if that person were to leave, you could still afford to pay the rent, you know, so you're not homeless. So my mom taught me that. So Dr. Pepper is bored by their (laughs) non-answers. What is it that they have learned in order to be um, good, By decision day because it's like eight days away or something and then mike mentions having kids that it would be in a couple of years and jasmina has a smirk on her face and she's like did we did we agree on that and she says she wants kids within a year and a half because she wants a lot of children and i'm like okay so then he's like okay so in 18 months she wants to start trying and he she's like yeah so translation endless banging until they have these kids but Clearly not with go. So Dr. <laughs> Pepper asks, so how are we trying now? And they all laugh awkwardly because they don't even touch guys. They're mm-hmm. not touching. So how are they going to have this baby? And Jasmina reveals they still aren't physical, not even kissing. And Dr. Pepper is like, why no kissing and touching? Because to be fair, they are tolerating each other now, so they should be at least finger blasting. That's what Dr. Pepper's thinking. <laughs> wow. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys tolerate, each other, just finger blast, you know, just start somewhere. Throw one in there. Come on. <laughs> and Jasmina says, this is the happiest she's been, but in the, the but in that department, she's not there yet. Again, guys, no WAP.
1: Just, no, WAP. no WAP. She he did say on the aftershow. I only saw a little bit of it, but he said that she, you know, he was not going to violate her boundaries. Like she exactly. put down very clear boundaries. So he did not feel comfortable because I think Rudy asked him like, why aren't you making a move? And he's like, no, no, no. Like no, she, she
2: told me not to. Yeah. yeah. And that's even more endearing of him because mm-hmm. even though he wants to pursue a relationship with her, he's not trying to force her. He's super respectful. He's an amazing man he's amazing so she says she doesn't even have the urge to kiss him Ooh. and michael looks crestfallen he's just like oh i love that phrase crestfallen and then he tells producers it's hard to hear that coming from someone you want to be in a relationship with and i was Mm -hmm. like you still want this dude like (laughs) (laughs) what's wrong (laughs) with you So they come off as they're just being nice for the kids. Like that's kind of the vibe I get, except they're own kids. So why are you doing this? Are they doing this for Mr. (laughs) Feeney? Just being nice. So Dr. Pepper suggests they start holding hands, something they randomly do, apparently. So she encourages them to hug, cuddle, show affection. Because if they're planning to have kids, some body parts need to mash up against each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They need to
1: bump uglies if they're going to.
2: They need to get bump on these. I skipped a lot of school to chase the Backstreet Boys, so I'm not really sure what happens to make a baby, but I'm sure <laughs> genitalia is involved.
1: Uh, You didn't learn that in school. Trust me, so you didn't miss much. <laughs> okay.
2: So Michael concludes by saying he wants his wife to be his best friend, but not just his best friend. Yeah.
1: Guys, he needs to get laid, essentially. Yeah. yeah. He is... I'm sure spending a lot of time in the shower. because <laughs> yeah. not, He is not, not getting any affection from her. So maybe you
2: know. he's not even like horny because he's like, she is such a turnoff because she hates me so much. <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe. Okay. So let's take a quick break. We'll come right back with Steve and Noi. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay. Steve and Noy, this was good. This was good. This episode, you know, me love my man, Steve. We learned a lot of interesting shit about him.
2: Okay. Oh my God. The music. Oh, oh (laughs) boy.
1: So first they go to Steve's house and we learn the following amazing facts about Steve. Okay. First of all, we learned that he and his two brothers all shared one room and his Mm -hmm. sister Jenny as the only girl had her own room. We learned that they had two driveways, which for some reason like is a thing. And that, um, that helped Steve to utilize a driveway to sneak out. And I, I had a visual of, do you remember in Karate Kid where they had to push the car to kick it into gear? Yeah, They kind of did that kind of stuff. They would push the car down the driveway, Steve says, in neutral, and then start it out on the road and take off.
2: The mom still knew. Mom knew.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) We learned that Steve threw epic parties. All right, all right, all right. No one is surprised by this. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We learned that Steve's mother still has his stuffed animal, Sparky, from childhood. Now, I still have my teddy bear from childhood. Where's yours? I know it's probably close by. There it, Take
0: care, bear. there it is. Here it is.
1: So the fact that Noi was throwing a little bit of shade around this really annoyed me. No pun intended.
2: Okay. I have a lot of stuff animals from my childhood. Like they're in the trunk. And yes. I and I've given a lot away, but there's some that I just cannot because I remember how poor we were mm-hmm. and what sacrifice it was for my mom to be able to afford these toys. I'm like, I'm not getting yes. rid of them. No.
1: Mm-mm. It is perfectly fine to keep a toy
2: from your childhood toy. I want to be buried with all my stuffed animals. <laughs> wow. Okay, this just took a turn. With my like Teddy Ruxpin. I love
1: him. <laughs> Ew, could you imagine if you got married or got married? Got buried with Teddy Ruxpin and then start talking. And then he
2: starts talking.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh that would be right. awesome. So we are learned- spooky.
1: We learned that Steve played lacrosse in high school. I was not surprised by that. Mm -hmm. We learned that he was voted best dancer, which we will see later. We learned that Steve and his friend Ryan used to sit in the basement all day, just making mad beats. (laughs) Mad beats. That's not all they were doing. They were smoking so much weed. They could barely come down for dinner. (laughs) Um, he plays, so Steve plays Noi a song, one of these beats, one of these mad mixes that he and Ryan made, and it's called Get Down.
2: Leslie, what are your thoughts? Well, the fact that the mom knew the lyrics, I was like, oh my God. Mom is
1: totally jamming to this song. Steve says everyone in Waltham jammed to Get Down. You would hear it in cars. He, He puts it on. Mom is like dancing. He's dancing. Noi tells the camera, "Um, I had a tougher childhood than him." Yeah. And I hope he's been making big Um, then she Noi liked the song though. She told mm-hmm. the camera, she's like, "It sounds like something you'd hear on the radio."
2: It was hard for me to tell because it was just like so little bits of it. I couldn't yeah. get a full picture of what it was. And there is a Backstreet Boys song from their first album that's Uh-oh. like "Get Down, Get Down, and Move It All Around, mm-hmm. Get Down." Yeah, so I thought of that, and I was like, "It's no Backstreet Boys song, whatever." Yeah. <laughs> um, it had a Backstreet vibe to it. Now that you say it,
1: yeah. and aren't they from Boston? No, they're from oh, that's Florida. New that's new kids. New kids, yeah. Right, they're from Boston. Okay. Yeah. So again, noise like, uh, he had a great childhood. And we do get that sense mm-hmm. that he had a pretty good childhood. So now since Noy's family lives away from Boston, she and Steve go to a dance studio so she could talk about how much she loved dancing as a kid, and she quotes Eminem. Did you get that one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, we would get lost in the moment, in the movement. Like she does the lose yourself thing, and I was like, yeah. mm, we see you, girl. We see you. <laughs> um. So they start dancing like New Kids, because yeah, I'm older basically. than you, so I don't, I don't use Backstreet as my. Listen, I went to
2: that MKLT BSB tour. Okay. It was awesome. Like I got they, to see it's and Backstreet Boys. New
1: Kids are my my boy band reference.
2: But I still love them. I remember listening to them and loving them. But then Backstreet Boys came and I was like, no, these are my men. Well, my boys.
1: I did not like them at the time. I was into like Metallica and like all that kind of shit.
2: Listen, I love the Backstreet Boys. I was also into like Aerosmith. So I was like Mm -hmm. all over the place. And Selena. So like, I'm like a mix.
1: (laughs) That sounds like my uh, my mix now. I'm into all that weird shit. (laughs) Okay. So Noi tells him that she had mirrors in her basement. And she used to dance and pretend to sing all the time. And he's like, you had a dance studio in your basement? And she's like, yeah. And then she, she explains to him that her parents were so serious because, you know, they were immigrants, guys. Let's remember this. They were working from scratch to build a life for their kids. So she says her parents were so serious and she and her sibs were not encouraged to express themselves like they couldn't express anger. They couldn't express anguish. So she lost herself in the music, and Steve tells the camera, This is sad, and I hope that I can give her what she needs. So after they're dancing, which the dancing is amazing, I mean, Steve <laughs> just kills it. Nobody's doing like a choreographed dance now. So Noise you know, good, but things. Steve is amazing. They're doing yeah. like the Cabbage Patch, guys. Like, it's wild
2: so amy if we ever do a live show which i doubt like who's gonna pay to see us we should do like a choreographed dance
1: number um no
2: (laughs) all right i'll sit
1: there with my wine glass and watch you dance i'll spin the sick beats
2: and you can all right and i'll I'll just hire like a bunch of like awesome dancers to Mm -hmm. like back me Mm -hmm. up okay like like, carry me Shirtless, muscle bound men. All right, me come back to day. earth. <laughs> okay, 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 sorry. Just planning for our live shows, they're gonna be epic. <laughs> so Noy
1: tells him they sit down after they're dancing, and she's like, When I express myself on social media, I want you to know that it's a reflex to hang on to my independence and it has nothing to do with our commitment. He's really like grateful that she's talking like this. And he's like, Thank you for for saying what you're saying. But he said, all I want is for you to take my feelings into consideration. And trust me, like, I'm not trying to stifle you. You want to sit in the basement with Ryan and make some sick beats all day. That's fine. I'm cool <laughs> with that. He's like, but I make concessions for you. And I think about your feelings all the time. And I just want the, the same. Yeah. All right. So later they're back at the house and Noi reads the letter to her childhood self. And I'm I'm sobbing again. I cannot control my emotions. I don't know what is wrong with me. Aww. She tells a story about seeing her mom coming home from the chicken factory with blood on her face and how she was so upset because she didn't like seeing her parents work so hard. Now, when she had blood on
2: her face, I was like, was she a serial color? Like, what is going on? I know. But
1: like, so in my lifespan class that I took last semester, I'm sure you're learning this in your PhD and going through all of this. There is a strong correlation between poverty and childhood trauma like that is yeah right it's almost Mm -hmm. guaranteed that poverty creates some sort of trauma for these kids so I think Steve needs to kind of accept that that even though she didn't have the kind of quote-unquote like trauma obvious trauma that Michael had being impoverished is a form of trauma for a child like a hundred like this level of poverty yeah. where you're worried that you're even going to have a roof over your head.
2: Yeah. I'm so, fortunate that I didn't have that. At least we had family, but we were right. always like just kind of in the way I felt, you know. Right, right.
1: And it really you can see that that really impacted Noy and it just colors how she sees the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think Steve is like if any of these men would get that it would be Steve. Yeah. But he needs to understand like that is a big gap in their childhoods and that is a big gap in their life perspective and he needs to find a way to bridge that or at least respect it so steve is comforting her that's another thing i forgot to mention when michael and jasmina were talking he did not reach over and comfort her and she did not do that for him and i thought that was super weird
2: when they were reading their letters
1: and like crying
2: that's the thing there there's no Mm -mm. love
1: there no like Steve reaches out to Noi, he's rubbing her back. He's, you know what I mean? Like hugging her, like there's genuine emotion between them. So then Steve tells the camera, uh, first, let me back up. Noi tells us, Noi tells Steve, she felt like a burden as a child, because if the parents didn't have her and her siblings, they would not have to work like that. Oh. Steve tells the camera, aha, like I had an aha moment, like, <laughs> whoa, Noi needs security and certainty. And I just wrote ding, 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 ding. Like That's why she on, wants you to get a job. Yes. Like, it's not about the money, Steve. It's, it's a symbolic mm-hmm. thing for her. Ugh. All right. Dr. Pepper shows up. They talk about Noi opening up to Steve. She says she's made progress and she has. Mm-hmm. but she just didn't grow up expressing herself. So she doesn't feel safe in tough situations because she's scared and doesn't know how to navigate them. But she, he felt like she was walking away from him and she gets that now. And she says, this is just how I cope as an adult from my childhood. And he's like, I respect that, you know, whatever. So then they talk about living separately and he wants to honor her independence while knowing his feelings are heard and respected. Dr. Pepper reveals- she, she and Mr. Pepper live apart <laughs> and noy relishes in this. <laughs> and she says, Dr. Pepper's like, yep. Yeah, I don't want to be a hypocrite here. Me and Mr. Pepper live apart. That's not his name. Obviously your last <laughs> Probably name is <Schwartz>. short, <laughs> but she says, however, in my first marriage, while we are raising a family, we did live together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So and Dr- then she said something about 23 years and then she's been with this for 15. years. I'm like, dude, how old are you? I know. I know. <laughs> she looks like she's 56
1: and yet, yeah. you know, she's lived a hundred years. So Dr. Pepper says they need to make sure that they feel that each one of them feels loved and taken care of. And Noi says, we just haven't ironed this out yet. And Steve says, or she says, you know, I want Steve in my life every day. And here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Steve's like, we're just going to figure this out when the cameras are gone.
2: I think that's what they yeah. agreed yeah. upon. Yeah.
1: So so that's them. That's them. So now our champions. Oh, oh. Katina. Patient, oh. loving
2: Katina. Oh, Katina. Katina, my love. Uh, what do we got? On. Okay. Okay. So when we meet up with them, they've arrived from Vermont. So everybody's like getting back from their trip. And Katina's in bed while O is brushing his teeth in the bathroom, just to mm-hmm. make sure mm-hmm. he's brushing his teeth in the bathroom. Um, she says she enjoyed the road trip with him and looking forward to more. And Katina's ideal activity is being pulled by dogs in a sleigh. So <laughs> not,
1: <that's> what <laughs> what is that think. called? The Iditarod? Is it the Iditarod? The race? I where they- know. It is. Because uh, I, I was waiting for them to try to come up with the term I did on. I think that's what it is. And if then I'm, mess it up. <laughs> if I'm mispronouncing it guys, this is very meta then because I was waiting for them to mess it up.
0: <laughs>
2: and Katina tells producers that being in Vermont, they got to leave the city duh, and also do things in nature and experience things they hadn't before. So um, Katina admits that since meeting him, um she has gotten out of her comfort zone and we have seen this with the animals and things like that and she was like she never thought she was running with a sheep or whatever that animal is it was an alpaca guys alpaca (laughs) not a gazebo (laughs) I love it I love it (laughs) then she says she's thankful for her husband no she says she's thankful for her future baby daddy because he just makes her feel like superwoman yeah she's into him
1: man she is into
2: him Olajuwon enjoyed that they got to know each other on a deeper level beyond the surface and although he admits he had fun with the other couples you know, the time is ticking and it's time to really start getting through the deep questions because Mm -hmm. they have decision day looming. Mm -hmm. So O tells producers, he's worried about their future timeline and questions if they can have kids within two years. He asks if he's able to sacrifice travel. Will he be able to see if Katina could keep him satisfied while adding more to her plate? I was like, dude, He's overthinking this. The way you express yourself. Also, Mm it's just the way he comes off. It sounds so archaic and like a caveman. Like, will she be able to sacrifice, you know, be my wife and have her wifely duties like sh- shut up yeah
1: he first of all a he's overthinking this and yeah. b he's being a neanderthal knock it off
2: yeah <laughs> so we get to visit olajone's childhood place first and he talks about growing up with a single mother with three brothers and two sisters four people living in a two-bedroom which in new york city that's like pretty common so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. okay that's not that crazy um, and we learned that he grew up in the projects, and it was tough. And that's why he's like, "Let's go to college. Let's bang out these student loans." And he says, "Buy a house, sell a house. These are things I've accomplished. Good for mm-hmm. you, oh, but not everyone is there. Not everyone has been that fortunate at that young age to be able to get their shit together. Like I'm still paying off student loans, you know." So-
1: um, I'm still paying off student loans, and I've been paying on them for like ten years, and my balance has not dropped not even a thousand dollars.
2: I feel like you pay and pay and you're just paying the yes. interest off yeah. basically. Yep. yep. So Katina thinks it's cool that he's not ashamed of where he came from considering he loves to boast about how successful he is now. Mm-hmm. So then he says that he knows he can be tough on, on her sometimes, but he attributes it all to growing up in the projects So basically he would get bullied by other kids in the neighborhood for showing weakness. So when Mm -hmm. he feels triggered by Katina, it's not because he's being a tough guy, you know, he gestures to the brick building. (laughs) This explains half of my battle. This explains to you why I am the way I am. So those buildings (laughs) made him who he is.
1: Well, and I have to say here, like, if I'm going to afford leeway to Noi for having some issues, from growing up in poverty, then I feel like I have to afford that to Lajuan, right?
2: Yeah. And like a
1: lot of what he was saying here kind of made sense to me.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Did you feel the same way? And I also saw a little sense of insecurity when he says he tells producers Katina was raised in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he says her mom has a nice five bedroom house, two baths. And he seems a bit agitated when he yeah. says this, you know? Yeah. He turns around and tells Katina that he thanks her for looking past his upbringing and not rejecting him for not having grown up better off. Mm-hmm. So Katina takes O to a church, and we learned that Katina would go to church on Sundays. She met her best friend at church, so she was one of her bridesmaids and everything. So she tells O that her mother made her put on like a purity ring. Or okay, take I need to stop o. right here. I need to stop
1: <laughs> right here. <laughs> Because I go insane with this purity culture bullshit. Yeah. And I just want to say, this explains a lot about Katina to me. Mm -hmm. Because when you are raised in that culture, I think you internalize a little bit bit of that misogyny. Yeah. And I think that's why his bullshit doesn't turn her off the way it does to most people. Like, I'm not saying she enjoys his bullshit. No. I'm saying that she's internalized some of that from... I mean, think about the purity culture. It drives me insane. I can't even, but she has, she has a higher tolerance for it. She doesn't see it as a red flag or as alarming as we see it because again, she kind of grew up in it. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, I didn't grow up with a chastity belt around my waist or anything, but the thing was that no one wanted to fuck me. So I got lucky in that sense. I kept my virginity yes. for a very long yes. time. <laughs> Trust me. I try to get rid of it. I try to sell it. I try. trying to give it my... away like that Senate seat. <laughs> I was in my twenties and no one wanted to fuck me. But then again, I was a theater student. So all the guys were gay. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we've had similar childhoods.
2: <laughs> no one wanted to fuck me, you guys. I couldn't pay my virginity. It was so sad. So apparently, Katina's grandmother and all her siblings and her mom, and all of them, would go to church. Like they couldn't miss it. This was like a thing that was ingrained to them. And so, all reveals that although his dad wasn't really around, every Sunday he would show up and take them to church. Mm-hmm. So, their thing? And they would sit through like two services, not just mm-hmm. one. And then he'd get them cheeseburgers.
1: So, again, she's <laughs> associating that misogynistic culture with her father. And the only time she would see him, it, it's, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. it. I I've, I've see her in a whole new light now. And I feel bad for her.
2: Yeah. She's also losing her shine. Like when I look at her, she looks sad. Like she looks like she doesn't somebody sleep. Somebody was
1: pointing that out. She doesn't have groups. her eyelashes anymore. Yes. Somebody was pointing that out in the group. Like you look at her on her wedding day. When they do that flashback? Yes, oh my yes. God, who
0: is that? And you
1: see her now and she looks like she's been working in a coal mine. <laughs> like, it's yeah. real hard.
2: Well, she does not sleep. Yeah. So... Then she says that when she started the Married at First Sight casting process, she found out her mom had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. They caught it in early stage, so she had faith in God that whatever the purpose of her diagnosis was, it wouldn't take her off this earth, so she would recover. And then she says that she prays every single night and doesn't feel alone and all reveals that his mom also is battling breast cancer. Yes. So it was touching to him and he asked her if she would want her kids to be brought up in church and she says hundred percent um but did michael's
1: when- mother die of breast cancer too yes mm-hmm. okay this i was having a lot of anxiety watching this i'm like i need to schedule my mammogram because i'm like five yeah. months behind
2: yeah get so- some mammograms
1: women yeah, she get that. them
2: so um so they do agree that like yeah they'll bring them up in the church and when they get older they could decide they want to continue or not which i think it's fair where some parents are like nope this is the way this is the way mm-hmm. So O agrees it would be good, and they're on the same page. So then later on, they're back home, and Dr. Pepper pays them a visit, and O is not happy to see her. (laughs) He's like, oh boy. But since decision day is around the corner, they need guidance, and he's happy she's there. So O says he feels good with Katina. They have chemistry. They bounce back from disagreements. And O says that the other day he told her, can you just shut up for a second? And that he caught himself instantly and that he apologized and said he should never have said that to her. You're my wife. You're somebody I care for. I got to watch how I talk before I speak. And Dr. Mm -hmm. Pepper commends him, says it's growth. And O says that it felt good. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad that he caught himself because that could get a little nasty. If you're like, can you just shut up? Because then you'd be like, you're telling me to shut up? I'm going to,
1: yeah,
2: it could go out of hand.
1: And it's in moments like these that we see what we talked about from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Is he's very problematic, but there's something in him that I feel is redeemable. And it's- He's not a bad person. In these moments we see it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that he has a lot of growing up to do and to kind of figure out- I guess a better example of a man, like a man woman relationship, like mm-hmm. marriage or like marry mm-hmm. marry mari- marriage counseling could help them. Oh yeah, I mean, that could totally help them because he has very set ways and he's slowly learning. But it's just like that. But will- I'm
1: going to tell you right now, uh, they can't go to a woman counselor. They can't. Oh no,
2: it would have to be a man. It would really- have
1: to be a man. Yeah, he, he responds really, really well, well to the patriarchy. Like yeah no
2: yeah so he kept talking about deeper conversations and what they're doing and trying to do so dr pepper asked so what are some things you do want together and oh mentions them having two kids in two years okay mm-hmm. and we get the flashback of their wedding day again and i'm like who is this gorgeous creature She's sitting a- in front of him
1: he's guys even a weathered katina is fucking stunning
2: but, but, but the wedding just- day <gasps> I was like, she looks like a supermodel. Yeah, she's gorgeous. And they were like agreeing on having kids in two years, but always being Owen has to say, not saying it's impossible, but we have to put it to light that it will be tough. Like, I get what he's trying to say, but his sayings drive me insane. <laughs> they just don't sound right. And like, maybe like, because I'm reading it through the closed captions, it doesn't read well. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I need to fix this sentence. It mm-hmm. sounds horrible. <laughs> So O points out that he went to college straight from high school, but Katina is still working on her bachelor's degree. And he doesn't know if she can get her, her bachelor's and then nursing degree while having a kid. And he says he doesn't want Katina to become overwhelmed. And he wants to make sure he's happy at the same time. Translation, if she's busy with school and a baby, she will not be able to fulfill her wifely duties. Okay,
1: so I'm about to say something I never thought I'd say. <laughs> this, this is very parallel to a story arc happening on Little House on the Prairie right now that I'm watching. Oh, God, what so is happening? I'm covering um, Gen X, This Is Why, my other podcast, season seven, and Laura and Almanzo just got married, and mm. she wants to teach, and he's using the same rhetoric around this whole thing. Like, how can you take care of me and take care of the house? If you have a job and you're doing this and doing that. So that was supposedly set in the 1870s. A lot using
2: the same language. He must be a fan of Little House on the Prairie.
1: Either that or he just has not progressed.
2: <laughs> so then Dr. Pepper turns to Katina and asks, so what does she want? And she says making sure that she's not getting overwhelmed like he said and seeing if she can focus while trying to be a wife so it's almost like she's coached in a way like he's Mm -hmm. brainwashing her so yeah she's she's absorbing all of this Yeah. yeah and then she says all men require attention but i think for him he requires a little higher level of attention you and think? then she says, "No offense, but he's already a lot to deal with, and it could be draining." And I'm just like, "Yeah." I was waiting for Pepper to be like, "You yeah, think? You think?" <laughs> so then we cut to oh, crying to producers, and he's saying, "If we can't come to a solution, because I know Katina cares a lot about school, she likes school, then she likes school more than me." Essentially, <laughs> he's saying. Then he says, "If I were her, I would lock it in." I would dedicate my life to myself. And then he says, she can bang it out in two years. And then if this is love, he'll be ready for her. He's not going to, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to tell her that though. But if she needs that time, he's willing to wait for her. So then the producer says, so you think she should say no? And he says, yeah, if you really care for someone, you look out for them. Two things.
1: A, he's in love with her. Yep. B, he's overthinking this. Stop thinking so much. Yeah. What is, th- what is the deadline he's trying? Like, just stop it. Just be married and let her go to school and have kids when it feels right.
2: Exactly. Ugh. So yeah, that's kind of what we leave them. He's just crying to the producers. Like she oh. should say no. And I was just like, wow. It's so weird. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just
1: putting all these, Invisible, do you think it's self sabotage?
2: Maybe it could be.
1: It could be. Maybe could he be.
2: thinks that he's not good enough for her because she grew up in the suburbs. It could be because, that.
1: Like we talked about, he has an issue with women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think he, I think while on the surface it appears that he doesn't respect them and he dominates them,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I
1: think really you're right. It's born out of an insecurity. Yeah. He doesn't feel good enough for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next time on woo, more fucking group sports. And I can't with this. <laughs> Who does this? No, nothing. High school. Like no. you're young and in shape. Do you grab a person and a couple and go out and play field hockey all day? Like, what are you guys doing? No, I don't
2: do that. No, no, thanks. <laughs> I don't like sports.
1: <laughs> All right. So the couples talk to their trusted friends and family before decision day. We see some sports. I don't even want to address it. <laughs> we see Steve is going to buy Noi another ring. Yeah. That's exciting. Jasmina tells someone she feels connected to Michael, but there's no feelings. Let me read that again the right, uh, the right way here. Jasmina tells someone, so we don't know who she's telling. Mm -hmm. that she feels connected to michael but there's no feelings again guys no wop no No Mm wop mark and Lindsay tell other people that they're up and down up and down up and down (laughs) oh tell some dude is it that coach maybe i couldn't maybe the coach coach yeah probably that he doesn't know how katina can be a wife in school and going to nursing school and here here's the revealing sentence he goes i just went through this with my ex and it didn't work out
0: Mm. there we
1: go There we go. Yep. So Lindsay asks someone, does the good outweigh the cons? That's not how it goes, Lindsay. Oh, God. Noi says, I don't, she says to Steve, I don't know the version of Steve that has a job. And he looks like a little taken aback. (laughs) And secretly he's pulling up his phone and canceling that other ring.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I know, right?
1: Michael tells Jasmina, for as good of friends as they are, they didn't come here to be friends. Hmm. And then O tells or O makes Katina cry again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's next week. So, again, guys, don't forget our schedule might be a little weird next week. We don't know what's going to happen. Like, you could get it early, you could get it late. Yeah. We don't know. So, just bear with us. It's a bullshit filler
2: episode anyway. Yeah, it's not even decision day because then I'd be like, oh my God, no. Yeah, I would
1: cancel my trip if it was decision day. because well, I wouldn't I do need, all that. <laughs> I need to see. <laughs> I need to see what is going to happen here. Real quick, let's run down. Yeah. Just yes or no on decision day. Let's not think beyond decision day, okay? Okay. Yes or no on, be- on decision day. Mark and Lindsay.
2: God, I hope not. I think that he will say no, she would say yes. I think they're both dumb enough to say yes.
1: Oh I my. do. Like, they'll think that this is good. I, I don't mm. know. Oh, and Katina. Yes. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike and Jasmina.
2: No. Mm.
1: No from both or no from her
2: and him or both? He's going to say no. Definitely. He should he might say no. Too.
1: I think he might, do. Yeah. Um. There's always... They always tip their hand in who they let speak first. So if mm-hmm. Jasmina goes first, we know she's saying no. Yeah. And Joey agrees. I hear Joey it. is barking his head mm-hmm. off. He's mm-hmm. like, no, 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 no. And real quick, Noy and Steve.
2: Don't say yes. I think so too. I think yeah. they should. Especially after he gets that ring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it looked nice. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. So uh Leslie,
2: tell everyone where they can find you. Well, you can find me on the socials and in the interwebs at Sinister Girls. Um, follow us. So we are a bit on a hiatus, but we're coming back after I get back from my trip. And I have like a really huge band booked. And that's actually confirmed. Can't say who it is, but okay. it'll be awesome.
1: We'll be waiting. We'll, be, we'll waiting. be
2: waiting. But that's coming towards the end of May. But yeah, I'm going to start it- doing interviews early on.
1: Is it White Lion? Tell me the truth. Is it who? White Lions? No. I'm just thinking of an obscure 80s band. No. Is it is it Great White? Tell me the truth no, yeah,
2: no. This is a band that was around in the early aughts
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name and you just say nothing if I'm right. Is okay. it Metallica? No, why would Metallica
2: <laughs> talk to me? <laughs>
1: Oh, all right, girl, and I'm at Gen X. This is why, and we're covering, like I said, some uh, Little House on the Prairie over there. We're actually doing
2: Titanic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god! We're doing I need to Titanic. To that. So, will it be like a five-part episode? Because that movie, <laughs> it's like it's gonna be like
1: a ten-part episode, and it's just gonna be us talking about how much we love it. That's all.
2: Mm-hmm. I love it. We're so
1: doing much. that for our anniversary to mark two years. So on our anniversary, we're just doing whatever we want. We don't care if it fits in the Gen X window. So we picked Titanic because that's how it is.
2: I saw that movie twice in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And then I remember getting the VHS. And then what sucked was that then we had to like stop it for part two and then put in the second Ugh. vhs because it was so freaking yes, long yes. and then when it goes to dvd i'm like awesome finally they still split it into two wow i'm like wow. why mm. so now that i have it like in digital like streaming yes i could just watch it without that little stupid break in between good because it just couldn't fit in one dvd yeah. james cameron get your shit together Oh, I love every minute of it. I okay, do too. so I did. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think the jack would have fit on, on the, the door? door? Um I don't know cuz I think his weight would have pushed it too
1: far down. That's
2: the thing. Like when mm-hmm. he tried it was kind of tipping over, but
0: people he could. Like, there was fit. plenty of room. Yeah. No, he
2: could fit. Mm-hmm. Like spatially.
1: But I think the weight would have... Because already with her weight on it, you could see it's a little below the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, like, you can't fuck that up in freezing cold water. She couldn't have any water on top of that door. No.
2: Right.
1: Gross. Gross All right, guys.
2: So thanks so
1: much for listening. Please, if you get a chance, leave us a review. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode.
2: And follow us on Instagram and all that. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, We don't post often, but when we do, it's gold. It is gold. I'm gonna post a picture of Joey from earlier today. Another picture. picture. I need a weekly
1: picture of Joey. (laughs) He's losing his mind. (laughs) All right, guys. So thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.